Ruckman Phillips, that kick was beautifully weighted from Merrick. Great vision. Releases D'Ambrosio. That kick is equally good to Langford, who is about to have a look at a career-best five goals. Previous best was four goals in round 17 versus the Brisbane Lions. His highlight from last year, Carl Langford has got a bag of five. And that is Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Hey, it's two wins. It's uh, a good time. It's, two and zero. We're going we're gonna, to uh, lap it up as much as we can while we get some wins going. We understand the opposition, but, uh, but uh, it was an impressive win. But look... Normally we have a guest later on in the show, but you know our, our good man Cal Toomey, he's joining us straight from the start. So Cal Toomey, uh, welcome to the show. Nice to be here again, Scott and Grant. It's always a pleasure, and even more of a pleasure after an Essendon win. <laughs> exactly. So I guess Cal, I, I wanted to ask you initially. Let's talk about the game yesterday. I don't know how much you caught of it. I know you're a busy man in the AFL world, um, but. What you did see of it, what were your initial thoughts kind of after the game and, and I guess maybe the, after the first two games? Yeah, I, I caught it. It's, uh, I think on both occasions there's been a couple of moments that you think, oh, are, are they going to slip back into some, some old habits? And, and there was probably that time, what was it, in the second quarter against the Hawks and maybe again at different stages and maybe just after half time against the Suns. But the, the bounce back I feel like has been um, probably the – the, the big takeaway for me from the first couple of rounds. I'm not sure how you guys think about that, but that, that's been the point where in other stages and we've seen iterations of this team before maybe drop away or not not be able to have that consistency of effort or performance um, or, or outcome. But uh, I think that we've seen um, a, a desire level that's been pretty strong over the first couple of weeks. Again, as you said, look, who knows about the opposition and where both of these clubs are going to sit. I do really rate in terms of Gold Coast lists and, and what they put together. They'll, they weren't at their best and haven't been at their best the first couple of weeks. Hawthorne's obviously at a different stage of its development. But, yeah, I think there's a lot to take out. I'm sure we'll get into suppliers soon. But I'm, I'm spending this year, you know, if you're looking from an Essendon lens, looking at players and a little bit of game plan, but more players and, and development and those sort of aspects because ultimately you can have a great game plan, but if your players are no good, then or don't develop, then it's not going to be of, of much use. So I, I'm more looking at, and spending this season from an Essendon lens. Who's going to get better? What are they doing? Who's who's taking the next step? And we've seen a little bit of that so far in the opening fortnight. Yeah, it's it's a good point, you, what you initially made. 
Uh, I think uh, probably getting towards late, halfway through or late in the third term, the Gold Coast were up by a couple of goals. Um, it was kind of a bit shaky, being honest. Uh, and, you know, they kicked five or four, six or five, six that, that quarter. They had some chances too to actually probably stretch their lead, in all honesty. And I, and I remember saying to uh, probably Grant next to me saying, are we going to stand up here? This will be interesting to see mm. how we stand up from this point. And we pretty much won the game from that period, almost when I said it, by over 40 points. Uh, and we really did kind of uh, do a number on them in that last sort of 30, 35 minutes. And that was, that was to me, was as a team level, the key takeaway. There was there were some moments during that first three quarters where there was just <laughs> some interesting play and a shaky signs. There was definitely some positives positives as well um but gee that that last 35 minutes of the game i would say where we probably won the game by about 40 points um i I was really really happy with and and they 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 knuckled down they were able to get to another level um and they upped their pressure and their intensity and uh when the game had to be won uh we won it and and that's that was my most pleasing aspect uh how about you greg mate i think the the um you make you both make a really good point. I I see the way the Gold Coast fell away and the way Essendon, uh, I don't, I wouldn't like to say found a found a gear because it wasn't the most convincing of three quarters. But um, the Gold Coast did what we did kind of last year. We were challenged and we didn't often rise to the occasion and we got beat. But it is very pleasing to see. Without Wiedemann, without um, Tumita, without Waller, and without a couple of different players, Stringer even. that we can and Stringer even yeah for that matter, that we we have the fortitude and that we have the ability. It would seem now um, to run both ways and to run for as close enough to four quarters so far. So I think I'm I'm really pleased with the effort. Um, I'm really pleased with. And I said, Cal, we were talking to Cal just before the um, the game, uh, the pod started, and we just sort of said we're, we're, we're looking for little incremental changes. Um, and I'm happy with what's happened over a preseason that Brad's been there. And, yeah, you can only beat the side that's put in front of you, and we beat them. Uh, but I think the real challenge is St Kilda, who's in decent form at the moment, um, thanks to Ross Lyon. I think that's the real challenge um, for us on the weekend. Yeah, Kel, so I guess um, let's talk about a few players that kind of stood out. Um, I want to go back to the first game a bit with Hawthorne because I haven't covered that with you. Uh, he was very quiet, unfortunately, against the Gold Coast, but there's a player that you rate very highly and that I probably thought was almost best on ground against the Hawks and Archie Perkins. Is, is that the Archie Perkins that you felt was going to come through or possibly could come through um, with giving some continuity and some, some time? Yeah. He's, he, he was second BOG behind uh, number three for me in, in round one, but, but he was pretty close. Uh, he Look, that is the, the, the reason that Archie was drafted where he was, and he never – had 35 touches at, at under 18 level for, for, I mean, for a start, he didn't play in 2020 at all. He, he might have if he'd actually played, but he's always been a value for value for possession type of player and, and high impact. And I've always said he's, he's tougher than you'd think. He stands up in tackles more mm-hmm. than you think. He doesn't lose his feet more than you think. He's a lot more than just um, 
a little bit here and there. And I think we're starting to see that. So I was excited by that performance because it's probably, I mean, he should have kicked six. You know, the, the, mm. three, the three he missed that day were all very gettable shots. Mm. Um, and he just kept fronting up and being in the right position. So he's got a footy now that's hard to teach. He's got a aggression that's hard to teach. And he does it all with a sort of level of simplicity, I reckon. He's, he's fun to watch, Archie. So I, I do really rate him. I've got a question for it. Last year and sort of maybe even the year before that, I had a bit of a theory that the, the back line looked a bit Swiss cheesy. Um, the Not a bit Swiss cheesy. We, we got beat a hell of a lot through the back line, right? But I always thought it was because the midfield just wasn't running in both directions, right? And we had, I think the, the, the second time we played Geelong last year, I just remember this one turnover at, um, at our half forward line. Danger got the ball. And he turned around and ran and ran the entire length of the square. And you could just see him like he was just cantering through the square. And he was just waiting for Tomahawk to go left, go right, whichever way he wanted to go. And he just put the ball down Tomahawk's throat. And it might have been BZT on him, I'm not sure. Um, But he just, he had all the time in the world. He put it down his throat. And no wonder Tomahawk kicked five on us because they had just this no pressure through the middle, right? So... If I look at the two games so far, we've seen the glimpses of what Laverde is capable of. We've seen BZT perform incredibly well. Do you see that as one of the reasons why our, our backline looks more stable now? Again, given given our uh, um, the people we've played, I appreciate that. But is that how you see the backline improving, or is it is it just more that the backline's playing better, BZT's playing better? All of the above, but I also think that there's maybe a little bit of misdirected um, criticism of the midfielders last year in in the defensive efforts because okay. I actually think they they um, I'm not saying this is what you're saying, but I, I think that um, they ran a lot last year. They ran nearly as much as they've been running, you know, this time around and in across preseason practice games and all the rest. I just don't think there was a whole great direction in terms of. Um, what they were meant to be doing, what the plan was in terms of um, their running up and back and what the, the actual defensive structure of last year was. There's, I mean, it doesn't take Einstein to work through the fact that there's a lot of confusion around how Eston was meant to be playing last year. I think yeah. we could all see that from the opening quarter against Geelong and that carried all the way through to that horrible Port Adelaide performance, mm-hmm. which was obviously um, the, the final sort of nail in the coffin. But uh, so there's that. So I actually think the, the midfielders last year were, were asked too much. They were asked too much in, in the midfield group to get to different parts of things. And, and there was maybe a, a, a Richmondizing of, of what the, the plan was that I don't think fitted what Essendon's midfield was good at and, and is good at. And and so that's sort of part of it. And, and okay. you know, the, the, the coaching group and the players have spoken about this. I know you had, you've had players on your show. Um, as well, speaking about going through last year's tapes and and looking through what was happening here, what was the plan here, what was the idea here, and how can that be tweaked? I don't. Th- I think the sort of the the new um, brigade has been you know careful not to trash what the plan was last last time around. But there's there's learnings without. Geez, I just said learnings. Oh, Sorry, yeah. you should. Yeah. Out. <laughs> <laughs> but well, anyway, that thanks, Cal, for joining us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, ban me. I should be banned. But there's. There's things you can take out of um, last year and and work from because I, I think there's been some incremental tweaks and just some little things that have sort of acted that way that have in turn helped 
um, make them look a lot more steady defensively. So it was easy last year to pull out edits. You know, the merit edit that um, got a lot of attention when it was a tackle, but he'd, he'd run you know, up and down the ground twice before that. There was a couple of others that got pulled out that were pretty easy to do in isolation. But I think the, the overall plan and, and buy-in from the players this time around is is a lot more clear. So uh, that's that's the early impression I get. And then you throw in the, the defenders having a really gel group. I mean, this has been, I reckon, this, this back six, you, know, you guys go to trainings and, and I feel like the back six, everyone probably could have predicted what the back six was going to be yeah. two, three months ago. Yeah. And and that's probably been rare from an Essendon point of view. What is it? You know, Redmond McGrath, you got BZT, you got Ridley, um, you got Laverty, and, and then, you know, Jay Kelly's been in there. And it's been pretty steady all the way through preseason. So I reckon that's a big part of it as well. Yeah, it was it was interesting hearing Guelphie on the on the show saying basically we're running smarter. Like it's it's what it's not different in running. It's just actually running smarter to to probably our strengths and to a plan that fits where we're at and what we need to do. And and so so when you're looking at it's very very short amount of games to do this. But when you're looking at you know we were 18th in pressure last year. We're fourth in the first two rounds. In the in, and we're you know we're 17th. Last year in tackles, we're third in the comp after two rounds and points off turnovers, we're 16th and we're fourth. Um, now that's, you know, two two games, sure. So we're going to get tested and there's going to be good some good teams coming up. But you cannot help but be positive at least, though, that that you're seeing a club that looks just more organized and, and, and it's something we've been talking about the show, just how can we be more professional looking <laughs> across the yeah. field? Yeah, I, I that's that's fair, and and that's been drum time as well from public commentary from I think all manner of people at the club, players, coaches, officials in, over the preseason to to see that this year is going to be some ups and downs, and I think there will be downs. I, I'm sure of it. Um, it, it, and it might start Saturday, it might start in a month, it might start in six weeks, but there, there'll be peri- a period of this season where things don't go as well as the first couple of weeks, and and I think that's where. Um, the messaging has been pretty clear, and I, I, I agree with it. This is the, the second or third youngest team in the, in the competition, uh, you know, with, what, two players who are over 30 or something like that on the list. It's mm. it's a, only a couple of players have kids. It's always sort of a sign of, um, you know, the, the maturity of a group as well. So uh, there's there's all these factors that come into it, and, and I do think that no matter the win or the loss, and I, I, I honestly believe this, if the last two weeks have been losses, I don't think the – club would have changed how it's approaching anything either. So yeah. it's been really steady and I've, I've, I think that's a good thing from um, sort of a coaching group down to see that win or loss, the expectations shouldn't change because I don't think they're changing internally. Maybe in the past, I mean, everyone knows how inconsistent, the, the only consistency with Essendon has been inconsistency yeah. Yeah. for a long, long time. And that's, yeah. that's dating back to, you know, Matthew Knights, James Hurd, Bomber Thompson, John Worsfold, Ben Rutten. So that that's a club thing, and it's a, probably a culture thing more than a more than a coach thing. Um, well, I think it definitely is. So that sort of lasted a long time. Now that now the trick is to, to to sort of adjust that culture and shift it so that um, the expectation is what we've sort of seen the last couple of weeks. As someone who studies the draft and uh, and then sees how the, how the kids come on. How refreshing is it for you? And I don't know <laughs> what you believe, but I just can, I'm just probably making a fake assumption here. But 
How refreshing to you is to see McGrath in a settled spot, in a spot that clearly, for me, is his strength, and then seeing him against the Gold Coast, right? And I thought after quarter time, he was a really dynamic presence over the whole ground. And and really, it was a, it was he was the McGrath that I kind of expected that I saw out of TAC in in his first year, running, bouncing, taking the game on. Uh, is that? Do you just look at that and go, oh, that's the McGrath I saw? Yes, I do, and and it's overdue. Look, I'm not going to begrudge anyone to go and have a crack at playing in the midfield, but I do think that. Um, the McGrath of last year was sort of emblematic of a little bit of the confusion around the Bombers. So I think he'd, he'd play two or three different roles within a quarter, let alone a game sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And what I think Andy had lost from his game in the midfield was the running forward with the footy and, and the burst forward. I think probably the image of Andy as a midfielder had been him getting it and taking a couple of steps back and even feeding it backwards or kicking sort of over his shoulder type of thing. Whereas now, some of those dashing runs he becomes an 80-metre player again. So, yeah, I, I loved his performance. I think it was probably the easiest decision Brad Scott could have made when he first stepped <laughs> into coaching at Essendon. And, look, that was done in consultation with Andy because I think Andy wanted to play there as well and thought, you know what, I'm going to go back to what I'm being really good at. And there's there's an All-Australian spot up, up for grabs there for him. Was, you know, the halfback bank has rolled through a fair few um, different sort of names and, doesn't always take the, the really top-end picks to, to be a halfback to All-Australians in the, the recent years. Now, he is a top pick. He's the top pick from that year. And you can debate forever around whether he should have been the number one pick or not. And you probably go back through my stuff. I'd probably have McCluggage ranked one spot ahead. But that's now uh, Now I think it's Andy's turn to be a really good halfback and yeah. to be the captain of the halfback or the back line as well. And I think we've seen a little bit of that already. And there's a bit of an irony too because uh, he really has been positioned to halfback to a guy who we thought we he could almost get selected as well, and Will Setterfield. Will Setterfield yeah. comes into the side and plays the role that he is now comfortable with, probably close to the first time in his AFL career. Uh, he's playing wing and, and a few other things at Carlton. Uh, so it, it's kind of a nice irony that McGrath kind of gets pushed out, really, with Will Setterfield coming in. Uh, yeah. McGrath's playing his best football, football but then – what you saw from Will Setterfield, really, for the first two games, but, uh, I mean, he's nine tackles and 28 and goal and... Crunching uh, tackles and all. Uh, that's, that's you know, um, <laughs> I was imagining Darrow going, I told you so, this is, that's the guy I thought would be uh, be the player. <laughs> is that, do you, again, just someone who saw Will playing as, as a junior, do you just go, oh, that's the Will too that, that, I, that I saw? Yeah. <laughs> Watched a lot of Will um, coming through, and yeah, he always had that capacity. He obviously had some injuries early in his career as well. Yeah, did his knee, did his knee in his first second year at, at the Giants, which obviously you know takes almost two years to overcome, doesn't it? Before you're really back to what you can do. Out of contract last year at the Blues, I don't think they were desperate to move him on. That Paddy Dow was also sort of on that the trade table at some point as well. It's probably just a matter of. Um, said if you were being out of contract and Dow being in contract in the end that one of them was going to get squeezed out of their midfield. And look, would he be playing in, in Carlton's midfield at the moment? Maybe with Sam Walsh out, but that, that, you'd have to say that conventional-wise, they've, they've got a pretty strong midfield group as well, mm. the Blues. So they're a good pick. And, and I think not only is he doing the stuff that is beneficial for his game, I think it's pretty clear that the other midfielders are appreciating his work as well. Mm. Um 
Darcy Parrish and Zach Merritt. You're seeing that, and 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 Dylan Shield as well. Uh, Shield will be an interesting one. Like he's obviously had a couple of moments really early yesterday, and he's he's been pretty solid over the first couple of weeks. I reckon. Be interesting as the season sort of goes on into what sort of role is found for him to mix it up within that midfield group. I think as as I'm sure the year goes on, there'll be more and more time probably afforded to Archie in the midfield, as as I'd like to see as well. So. Yeah, that that'll be interesting, but uh, yeah, I think Setterfield's adding some extra stuff to that group. But you know, we probably saw a draft agent. Yeah, Andy, I'll, I'll never forget the Andy game. Just going back to him very briefly, the, the Andy game down at Geelong, where he basically announced himself as the 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 potential number one pick. Um, he was playing for Vic Metro and almost won them the game, um, just playing off half back in the last quarter and was outstanding. So that's the sort of run and you know drive that we're seeing at the moment. It's good. Speaking of the um, Essendon midfield and how seamlessly Setterfield's slid in there, um, what does that mean for a player that I really like and that shows us glimpses of real talent in um, Caldwell? Where, where does yeah. he fit in now? I think what we're seeing from Jai across the first couple of weeks is that he hasn't needed huge disposals to make an impact. I, I think his hardness is loved. He is aggressive at the footy. He adds an extra little bit of that to his game. Some of his best games have been playing roles, you mm. know, some, some run with roles, and maybe he can be that type of defensive midfielder as well to, to not be a full-on shutdown tagger, you know, week in, week out, but be able to sort of carry that responsibility a little bit too. So uh, I think there's a lot to, to like with Jai. It's just a matter of giving him some continuity, and that's been an issue through his career as well. But I, I think this is hopefully the year where we see that. Just as a follow-up, what does that then mean for Ben Hobbs? When does Ben Hobbs come back into the side? <laughs> well, what did he have, 36 and 2 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, Calders is entirely capable, very talented. Setterfield has just found himself a position. And the other guys are our best midfielders. So do we does Essendon roll the, the dice and put him at that, I don't know, half forward again just to have this kid with more experience in the side who's clearly very talented or – does it require a midfield position to be open for him? I think it probably requires a midfield position at the moment because yeah. I think the small forwards have come on as well, probably a little bit further than, yeah. Yeah. you know, Essendon's best small forward last year was Mac Welfy. He came back as a substitute on the weekend. Yeah. So there's probably an extra level of depth now with that group. So it's harder to sort of break into that role, I think. Look, the unfortunate reality of you know professional football is there's going to be an injury sooner or later. Touch wood, it's, you know, later, but... Um, that's that's the reality of things, and he'll just need to keep performing. It's going to be hard, I think, to see him break in this week. I don't, I don't mm. know who would go out Not at the you. moment, yeah, unless it was forced. And but, but is he's going to get find, find plenty of the footy at VFL level? I think we've seen um, the approach and probably the more evened out approach to selection that the the, the coaches are taking with, with the Jake String example being the perfect one. Now, this is. This is a long-term approach and, you know, there's there's still things that I'm sure all players in the VFL need to work on. So, yeah, it's, it's a good midfield. So, it's, it's not a bad thing for the Bombers. Yeah, I, never yeah, get the, I, I never get the sense Scott really is over panicky about guys who are performing in the VFL and should I put them in and, uh, you know, uh, I always get the sense the way he talks is just long-term vision and, yeah. Uh, it would all work itself out, and 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 we're not in a rush here. And, you know, he, I think he realizes we're not 
we're not a top six team or anything like that. Uh, it's what Essendon will look like in 2025, probably, just like around that time uh, for him. Then uh, that's that's yeah. always got the sense. So I mean, he mentioned obviously a few guys like Paddy Voss and 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 Hobbs, who obviously Voss he's having three big games in a row. Now, uh, how, how, <laughs> how many more does he need to kick before he gets a game? So, uh, <laughs> um, and, and you know, Jones, you would probably you know that that would be kind of a a similar role. But uh, I think he Scott did enough in that post conference to praise Jones to to say I'm um, almost as a level of support to him. Uh, that's why I felt just like I'm going to stick with you. Um, yeah. And again, Harry's not played that much footy either uh, mm. over a long period of time. So I think if you've got him in a team that's winning, um, keep him out there. Because the week before he did some really good things and, yeah. um, you know, took a couple of nice marks. It was sort of back to that 20, geez, what year was it? 21 um, Jones that we saw in the first half of that season. And even down from the Tassie game where he kicked a few goals, I think that was right. I don't know, against Hawthorne maybe yeah, yeah, um, right. that year. But, yeah, I think we saw a little bit of that in round one. And, yeah, I'd be keeping him in at the moment. But, look, depth is good. And as you say, this is – this feels – it feels to me very much like the find it out year for, yeah. for for Brad Scott. And why wouldn't you take some time? That's where, you know, last year's trade period, Essen had a, a, a whole lot of cash and there was different reasons for not – been able to get anyone last year in terms of the, the high prices. But a part of that as well would be, well, why not wait and see what's there on the list um, mm. and, and new coach come in, what can come out of that? Um, you know, was was there this view on Brandon Zerk Thatcher and Jai Menzi and Nick Martin there probably was, but Sam Durham and these type of guys, mm. even Alwyn Davey first year into the system, was did this view around or confidence or hope around those guys exist in October last year, probably not. I don't know. I would doubt it. Um, so there was maybe some hope. I don't know if there'd be the expectation now that we're seeing from those guys and those type of players. So yeah, the find it out year is 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 valuable, I think, as well. On the um, on the subject of finding it out and sort of having a look at the list to see what we've got moving forward, just briefly before the pod, you mentioned that one of your focuses this year was to have a look at. Who's going to improve? Who are the players that we've got on the list now um, that are going to improve? Who are the, the guys that are going to take us from probably average at the moment or to up to sort of contending and beyond that? So, have you got a have you got a top three? Who who do you think are the guys? Maybe one of them is Archie Perkins, like you mentioned. But have you got a top three on who you think needs to take the next step at Essendon? I don't think there's a rush on these guys, but. You know, I think Perkins will be that guy naturally. Uh, yeah. I, I said a couple of weeks ago, I think he's ready to pop. And, and that's sort of the way I explain it around Archie. You can just, I think 40 years in two, 40 games in two years is a really good grounding in um, a position that's probably been tough as well at different stages. The half forward's not easy in, in a team, particularly last year, of course, that um, was battling. So I think he's one. I, I, I think. Um, Sam Draper, if he can continue to, to grow his forward stuff, which we've seen the first couple of weeks, mm. particularly with Peter Wright out for the best part of the season, would be a huge development in his game. Now, is he ever going to be a, a guy who kicks five goals straight? Probably not. But nah. if he can continue to be the guy who can chip in with a, a big mark or two deep and at least make defenders think that he could be down there, I love the partnership. It's the unlikely pair, isn't it? Andrew Phillips and, yeah. and, uh, and Sam Draper in a lot of different ways, but um, they both, well, Draper plays better with Phillips next to him, I think. And and Phillips, we know 
um, you know, in durability stakes, is probably not going to get through 22 games this year. But uh, I, I sure hope he gets through a few because he, he definitely helps um, Draper alongside him. So there's a couple. Nick Martin, I think we've already seen a fair bit off already and, and like. John Menzies, I think it's probably that core of the twenty-one-year-old the, the types, or, or around there, the, the Menzies, Durham, um, Martin group, who can really, you know, lift as a, as a collective, and, and Caldwell's a part of that as well. Huh. Um, yeah, I, I think those guys, if they can all take a, a jump together, because I think we know what Essendon's going to get out of Merritt and Parish every single week now. Mm. Those two uh, Essendon's elite players. And Ridley, I feel like, has a little bit of his confidence back as well yeah. after after last year, which I, I think he probably, you know, there's some challenges last year in that back half, definitely. And uh, and Redmond's sort of on the verge of the elite now as well. He, he really plays a bad game, I reckon. So, yeah, we sort of know that what that top end's going to give. Um, yeah, then those 21-year-old guys around that age, I think if they can grow together, is, is going to make a big um, jump in performance. Yeah, and, and he's hoping Cox and Reed. Can yeah. can get their can get both their backs <laughs> uh, stable. I mean, it sounds like uh, I mean, I've been watching Reed at training. He's definitely moving a heck of a lot better than he was a yeah. month ago, and starting to do some sprints and that sort of thing. So he's coming along a lot better. Um, so you you hope those two. Are, I mean, they they are very big keys to Essendon um, for different reasons. Cox with his versatility, um, he's not unlike a kind of how we saw um, Langford. Um, in the last two weeks, uh, and that's the kind of player he is a bit of X factor. But and Reed, you, you could if you could groom him down back, that would be great. Uh, I've got a funny question for you, and I didn't want to ask this, but I've got so many people to ask this. But so, I'm going to anyway. So I apologise because I think it because I I went oh no surely not. Okay, so that's where there was always a fun debate about who we should select. And this seems crazy because one of these players hasn't played yet. But Filippo obviously looks a good player. Uh, are you happy with who Essendon selected uh, in their pick? And can you assure fans that Sardis will be a very good player? Yes, I'm happy. I'm happy. <laughs> and I wouldn't be stressing. Uh, Elijah's going to be a very good player. He will play a lot of games a lot of very good games in the midfield and he'll get a lot of the footy for a long time. So I, I wouldn't be stressing too much. Look, I was as disappointed as anyone when he went down with that injury because um, the week before, and you might have been there, Scoot, I'm not sure, but uh, the week before in a intra-club, um, my info suggests he was nearly best on ground. So um, with a lot of the footy that day. So yeah, it was a bit of a shame on in that respect, but you know he'll be back and I, I'm sure we'll see him this year. And look, he's had a couple of disrupted years this this one this time with the knee and last year with the foot. But last year with the foot, either side of that, he played some brilliant footy. And yeah, he, him and Philippo, yeah, it's going to be the debate, of course. Um, different Philippo different kind to, of players, though. Yeah, Philippo did get to pick ten as well. So other clubs, you know, you know, viewed other players ahead of him as well. It wasn't as if it was one versus two mm. um, like that. And yeah, they are different players. He's going to hit the scoreboard more, definitely, particularly early. Um, and, and I think Elijah will play more midfield time and probably get more of the footy. So, yeah, different players. And if Filippo's had a hot start, and I really rate Filippo as well. Um, he's an exciting player. But, um, 
if I'm an Essen supporter, I wouldn't be stressing too much at the moment on, on that one. And I, I did go to that session. So what had happened is he actually lined up on merit. And I was actually saying to the guys uh, at training, I was like, oh, this is – well, this will be a nice, interesting test for him. He, you know, he's basically got our best player. And and we generally had to look at each other after that session. It was about a 45-minute uh, session of them doing proper match sim and going, I'm not sure who played better, <laughs> which is <laughs> a good a compliment to have. Absolutely. He's a, he's a fair player, Zach. Uh, we, I think some people sometimes take for granted how good Zach is and because he does it every week and he's missed about six games in 10 years. So there's a, he's almost like that, you know, the Pendle review. that you, you just become accustomed to knowing what you're going to get. And I think from an Essendon point of view, over the last 10 years, I think we've all seen them. Probably um, there's an element of taking that for granted with Zach, but for a first-year midfielder to come in and play like that against him, and you would have seen the height difference there, and that's that's sort of part of the appeal for um, Essendon as well. Uh, I think you know in terms of what Sardis can bring to the group when he's fitting up and going. He's still a kid. Elijah hasn't turned 19 until October, so he's yeah. he's and so is Filippo too. But yeah, there's there's a long way to go on. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be stressed too much. He's, he's in the number five jumper. I'm sure we'll see it soon enough. Yeah, I mean, I remember a lot of comments after a couple of years of Kerno going, "Yeah, oh, no, is he going to be a bust?" And, I, and then suddenly, is he, now they're talking about is he going to be the best player of the comp by the end of the year? Uh, so, look, just uh, just before you go, we got the just on Davy and his form. This is a bit of a two part. One, can you just talk about? Are you surprised a little bit about how he's come on into the into the seniors that quickly and performed? And two, just a little bit about his brother, about what kind of game he actually brings that may be slightly different to Alwyn. I'm a little bit surprised, to be honest, in in a really pleasant way, at how well he's gone early doors. Like he's played four good games now in a row, and. Um, and that's not to sound like shocked about that, but I was up at Gold Coast for that practice game, and he was the highlight probably with one of those mm-hmm. those plays. Uh, he was probably the highlight of a pretty dismal performance against St Kilda, wasn't he? Yeah. Out at Moorabbin, uh, he was exciting last week, and he, he against the Hawks, and then on on Sunday he did some exciting things too. It's funny, like getting to see the kids at, at under eight, under eighteen level. And then seeing them step up, some of them look a lot smaller when they step up, and some of the smaller guys actually don't look that small. And I don't look at Alan out there and think you, you're you're too small or you're, you're lacking in that part of the game. I'm not sure what you guys think, but I haven't sensed that either against um, the AFL players. So look, he's been really good. He's crafty, he's classy. I didn't, I didn't, and, under, I didn't, uh, I, I un, under so I sort of undervalued his actual overhead marking. Uh, his yeah. hands, his actually hands are the ones that surprise me the most that he can take a one grabber. He can take a one grabber and he knows how to lead and get off his man with a mm. few quick steps. So he's, I still think his best footy is up the ground a little bit. You know, he did a he's done a couple of great front and centers already, but yeah. just in the jeans, I think. But um, yeah, his brother's more a, a guy around goal who might light it up that way. From what we hear, we, we actually haven't seen too much <laughs> of him. I don't think anyone's seen too much of him play, but. That's that's from the people who have say that's that's the sort of point of difference there and who knows then there's Elijah Davies isn't there in a couple of years maybe he's the the combination of them both who knows but um, I think he's under 16s this year so um, hopefully the Bombers are collecting some points for a couple of years time but look he, yeah he has been pleasantly surprising um, Alwyn because he's a lovely kid and um, I'm pretty happy for him because he 
he's come in and, and done the work and, and, you know, forced his way into a spot. We talk about the competition for spots. I don't reckon six months ago his magnet would have been there round one, so or round two as well. So yeah, it's it's a good thing, and that's that's where you look at the reserves or VFL and think, well, if there's six players out of there that could could be in for a position, it's probably a little bit of depth, and and hopefully throughout the year you get Cox and Reed and Sardis back as well. Do you think? Do you think? Just the very last question. Do you think Scott will? Be I don't want to say the word loyal like it's a it's a negative, but loyal or, or or persist with with Heps and just try and get him into some form. It's going to be an interesting one, isn't it? Like um, obviously everyone's in the vision of sort of surprised to, to be um, taken off the ground yesterday. Um, those couple of kicks inside fifty were probably at, at a bad time, weren't they? Where um, everyone's waiting, there was other options, and they went in and caught him. I just finding the right spot for him. Is, is going to be interesting as the season goes on as well. In saying that, they, you know, experience is valuable as well, and he still plays a, a valuable role in terms of leadership, and and it's still a group that's sort of growing together and growing and finding its voice a little bit as well. So, someone who's done that for a long period of time always adds to the group, and I think um, Brad Scott's been pretty um, complimentary of him on a lot of occasions with his influence inside the club and, and inside the group. So. That, that I'm not sure where that sort of lands and where he ends up sort of finding his spot, but it's going to be a, a, an interesting one to follow through the year. I think uh, I think Dyson's earned one genuine shocker uh, in his career. Um, we, we, he can uh, he can have that one genuine shocker. He gets to go have another game just because he's a veteran, just because of what he's done, and he'll know that he didn't have a real special game. And uh, you watch, we'll see how how a veteran um, uh, responds to that next week. That. Ha- just if you were tipping man, Bombers or Saints, it was this is a tough one. Very tough one. I'm not a great tipster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, then tip I'm, the I'm Saints. Sure I, <laughs> 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 yeah. Look, it's going it's to be interesting. I, I'm I'm glad it's being played at the G. I, I do like seeing Essendon play at the G. Yeah, um, I'm the same. And seeing you know if if there if there's ambition to be a really good team down the track. Um, then there's going to have to be some big games that are won and, and played at the MCG. So uh, any extra experience is, is good for that. And, um, yeah, I, I think this is probably, you know, there's probably been a couple of games off Broadway now for the Bombers to start their season. This is maybe the the first one of, of a run of, you know, bigger games. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting as well to see um, how they respond to that because that's, that's part of the experience too. Uh, I'm a little worried about our start. I'm a little worried about our starts to the games um, against the less informed teams and the like that we've we've been able to work back in. But if we have those starts that we've had over the first couple of games, I reckon St Kilda could make us pay. But like you said, really interesting game. But we got to let you go, Cal. Yeah, I, I did get asked: <laughs> Should we be urgently tanking for the number one pick uh, for the, for the obvious reason? Uh, is that just a, a is that just quickly? Is that just an obvious number one selection? That's going to happen, or do we still need the year to play out? Um, he's he's the obvious, he's the very obvious candidate at the moment. Uh, it's going to be hard to see him displaced from that that spot. Harley Reid, um, he played, he had twenty one and a goal on the weekend, or two goals there. Um, and then uh, look, he just he just does things on the field that no one else does. He plays with confidence, a bit of swagger. There's going to be some really high expectations on him this year because of what he achieved last year. Yeah. So whether it, whether he actually meets those expectations 
is one thing, but I don't know if it's going to be able to bump him out of um, the top pick. The probably the main challenger at the moment, I'd say, would be Zane Dersma because he's he's a very special player as well. Tall, um, silky with the ball, plays midfield forward. He's quite unique in what he brings to the table. He's very diff- he's, he's a different player. It sort of plays more forward, as I said, than, than his brother Xavier. So um, he's probably the, the challenger at the moment. But yeah, we wrote today, or uh, we spoke on, on Gettable, our show last week around clubs, Sort of throwing up the option of throwing three first round picks straight for three. for the pick one. So last year, obviously, Essendon was offered three first round picks for um, the Sardis pick, but that was going to have to give up pick twenty two as well. So yeah, I think clubs will be offering three straight picks um, this time around for, for the top pick. And look, there's first round picks and there's first round picks, isn't there? There's the ones inside the top ten that are really valuable, and then there's the ones yeah. at seventeen, eighteen, nineteen sometimes that. You know, probably are a little bit more um, unknown, but yeah, I think those offers will come in. He's he's a very special player, but two wins at this point probably puts Essendon um, <laughs> yes. out of the running. I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, I, I like to tell all my friends we're two games clear of Geelong, just so it makes me feel much, <laughs> so much better. Hey, uh, it's been th- a while. <laughs> I know. Thanks so much, Cal. Look, it's been uh, look. We obviously a huge friend of the show. Love to have you on, mate. Um, no, no doubt we'll um, we'll catch up some t- point. Maybe at the halfway halfway year point, we'll do a, 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 a halfway break review. Uh, but look, I really, really appreciate you coming on, and thanks for joining lunchtime catch up. No worries, Scott. No worries, Grant. Always uh, an enjoyable time. So we'll chat soon. Great, thank you, Cal. Thanks, mate. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, Scotty, Cal Toomey, I mean, he's got to be right up there with our um, with our favourite guest on the pod. Yeah, 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 just awesome and very, very easy to listen to, so articulate, so well thought out. Uh, knows our club very well, uh, knows the players, obviously, back to front. Uh, so hopefully we, we asked the right questions, and uh, and but it was just great to actually have a match review from the start. With Cal, yeah. you know, it's yep. obviously normally us doing the first th- thirty minutes, but I was, it was just nice and refreshing to have uh, Cal's um, take on things and just world of knowledge. And, and yeah, it wasn't so much an interview with Cal. We basically just said, "Let's just come on from the start and just talk with us, just have a conversation with us." And um, and uh, so yeah, it was that. That's I, I love that sort of stuff. And and uh, he's become a good friend and see him a lot of training and. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so good to to have him on the show. So, uh, one thing I do want to say is uh, the VFL played also on on the weekend. Uh, they won by eighty you points. Were, you so. were extra extra excited about the <laughs> VFL game because it was the first game from Anthony Mankara. Yeah, it was a lot to like. Um, uh, look, I, I did have a quick chat to Paul Cousins on the side. Look, he did say how much GWS was depleted. So it's, it just said, look, there has to be some context to it that they, um, I think they said something like they had a total of about 20 or 20, 10 or 20 games senior level after the whole side. Okay. <laughs> so he said, so just, you know, there was Cadman and obviously pick one Cadman last year and Baldwin 
uh, tailed up Cadman. Um, so that, so that was really good. Baldwin's having a really good time at defense. Uh, look, Mankara, obviously great news that he, um, that was his first game. Uh, it was very much ahead of schedule than the, the, the messaging I got from the club. I, I thought it was going to be more sort of in another six or seven weeks. So okay. that, that's a really good sign. Um, Look, obviously he was getting into his – that's his first game for a very, very long time. So showed flashes. I mean, his very first touch um, was quite Was it a officially goal. a goal or was it not a goal? Look, it was awarded as a – the umpire hit the post as if like like saying like it hit the post, he gave it a point. But every vision you see, it doesn't look anywhere near the post. It looks like it goes <laughs> through the sticks. Okay. Um, and so it looked like a goal to me. Um um, so it was just a spectacular piece of play, play though, just to, to gather with one hand and just to hook around the corner and Man, say, oh, okay. Like a real sharp angle too. Yeah, the boy's got skills. There's no doubt about that. And he'll just keep growing from here. So uh, now, do, we it, know, do we know why, sorry to interrupt, do we know why uh, Nick Bryan didn't play? No, look, I have asked around and I can't get a clear answer. So uh, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I was really trying to find that for the show. Um, yep. But no, there's no real answer of why he missed. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see whether it was just an emergency or whether it was just off sick or the flu or anything. I don't, I don't, mm. don't know. There was no, he uh, definitely didn't have any injury leading up to it. Uh, so, uh, I, I, yeah. Another question without notice. Um, we sort of, we've assumed that it's just, he was dropped, but is there any sort of news or reason why the Gold Coast leading goal kicker last year, Oh, Chol play this week? Yeah, no, there's no real reason. There was no reason given why Chol did not play in that game. Okay. Um, kicked 44 goals last year. Yeah, yeah, he had a quiet first game, but gee, he wasn't alone as far as the Gold Coast. They got towed up. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, um, but we will take it. Uh, I was quite, yeah. I was quite happy with that change because I thought then our, our our tall backs can have a clear opponent. And, and uh, yeah, so I thought that helped us structure up a bit better. So absolutely. Um, so yeah, so I, I don't really understand that. Uh, look, as far as the VFL, yeah, they won by eighty. Um, clearly on top for all the game. Paddy Voss had another spectacular game <laughs> with five goals. Um, gee, he can kick a football straight from a long distance. Mate, um, we we watched them. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're watching we it watched before the game started. We were huddled around our little phone watching the stream, but yeah, he was just nailing them from fifty at will. Um, so yeah, he's he's. I mean, it's it's generally great signs for him because he is only nineteen years old still, and it's so good. He was a rookie, so people are going to say he's he was raw as all get out last year and. It was just you could see something there, but you went, oh, this is going to take a while to develop. Yeah. And for him to be already developed at this stage of where he's where he's playing now, um, yeah, it's it's really positive signs. And, look, I'll be honest, if I'm a betting man, I don't think he comes in this week and because the way Scott really tried to – um, talk up Jones and and persist with him. So I I just felt that Scott was saying, "Hey, I'm going to persist with Jones and try and get him into form." Um, and I, I think he thought his game was probably better than maybe what some of us may rate. Uh, maybe he did some. He, he obviously did stuff stuff off the ball. 
he, he there's sometimes I did see he sprinted and ran his opponent away that isolated uh, a Langford and a and a Draper um, mm. to give him some room. So sometimes all these little things you don't see in a game, and and, and it's all part of a team um, kind of working environment. So uh, the coaches do though, right? Like yeah, the, the, the coaches see that stuff. They know the they know those one percenters and the things that that were spoken about. Sure, it's not taking a grab, turning around and snapping one. But the coaches see that stuff. Yeah, so it sounds like he's going to persist. And because Jakey got, what, he got 22 disposals and a goal in his three quarters in the, in the VFL, Yeah, um, that's probably enough <laughs> uh, for him to... Oh, yeah. Look, I mean, like you said, Jake, Jake Stringer could get two possessions one week and he could get 15 possessions the next week and we can kick five goals. Yeah, uh... I, I asked, uh, I asked. yeah, even Paul on, on Stringer and he said, well, clearly he looked a cut above. Like, that's, yeah, that's, uh, he's, he's, it's Jake Stringer, man. Come on now. I mean, he's, when the boy's fit, he comes back in. That's the end and of then, it. And then we got um, Wiedemann, who really only had a one-week injury. Uh, so, uh, Okay, because uh, that, that was a question I didn't know. Like, is his toe officially just a yeah, yeah, one-week error? Sounds like, need? look, I'm sure they'll test it during the week. But from yeah. all, but the, the fact that Scott said post-game that, look, he could have played, but he just wasn't totally 100% tells you. By, he was as close as, yeah. Yeah, by Saturday night, yeah, okay. obviously it's going to be – you should probably be fine. So you've got yeah. Str- Stringer and Wiedemann coming in and then you've got a, a coach supporting Jones. So uh, I'm just just reading the, all the all the signs and saying, well, Voss will – but it's fine. Voss is 19. You, you know, just keep kicking five in the VFL, mate. Knock, yeah, mate, I just – Knock down the door. Because the one thing it's, is, is Voss is being the main forward. He's getting great development at getting the best defender in the VFL, working – and being the main forward, and and so I I have no issue with that. It's really good development for him, and the coaches yeah. and hurls and all those sort of guys can talk about his positioning and and just get him to it, get him to the next level. So all all fine with that. Um, so look, it was a really good effort. Like I said, Baldwin played really well. Um, uh, Hindy had 40, a, 42 possessions. Well, uh, just speaking so. on um on um on um. <laughs> you just said his name. Uh, uh, what's his face? Down back. Uh, Baldwin. Um, Baldwin, so damn. I only live in Baldwin. I should remember that. Um, Baldwin, a uh, a potential uh, in. If 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 Zerky is out, say for a week or two, then um, I, I think that would be the. I won't say obvious, but because he's been emergency the first two weeks. It seems to me like the the player. I mean, he's playing so well down at fullback in the VFL. It just and he's and he's big and strong. So you know you're not losing out like a, a Hayes. Yeah. Like if Hayes came in, you'd be more worried about the physicality and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, Montgomery's not a big guy, even though he's a great leaper and he's more Ridley like. So if you want just a physical bit more of a harder edge, yeah. then Baldwin just seems like the logical choice. So uh, and you know he's in he's in the best form. Probably his of his time at Essendon right now mm. in the last four weeks. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, that's that would be it. You, you always hope Zerk gets up, um, uh, and, but we'll we'll see where kind of Wednesday Thursday hits. Now, you never wish injuries on anyone um, at all, ever. Full stop. But um, Jack Steele not being there at um, St Kilda is going to help us as well. That guy is a is a jet. Um, yeah, so, I, I love Steel. I mean, Steel's one of those. There's some players you really appreciate in the AFL, yeah. and, and you know he's the heart and soul of their midfield and tough, tough nut. 
Um, kind of in that, you know, that's you know, when people talk about the cell woods and, and you know, I, he reminds me of the old Lenny Hayes at St Kilda, uh, that kind of tough, uncompromising. So he's a big out for them, there's no doubt. But yeah. they're a little bit like us. They've got a really good system going at the moment. So no matter who's in their system, they, it seems to be working well. So it is a real proper test uh, yeah, this really week. Is. So, uh, you know, it used to be that if you play a Ross Lyon side in form, you – and you win, you you really can congratulate yourself. Yeah. Uh, so massive test. Uh, I like like be like Cal said. I find the Saints very very dangerous at Marvel, and they love that Marvel that quick deck under the roof. Yeah. Now I know people can say we do too, but just the way we play the G against Hawthorne, and I and the Saints historically don't play the G that well. Uh, I, I like the fact that it's a Saints home game at the G. Uh, I think it just yeah. helps us out a bit. Um, but they'll have their big 150th celebration. Um, Cole Langford stirring the pot a little bit this afternoon by saying... What did he say? Uh, he just said, you know, well, um, they're, they're, they're having their 150th, you know, they obviously before the year selected Essendon for their 150th, so obviously they think we were the team to beat, the easiest team to beat to celebrate their 150th. So we, have, so we have to... Yeah, you know, we have to think about that as players, and uh, it's like, yeah. So, Carl's, yeah, nice. Carl's just hanging out the little bit of a talk to the rest of the group, saying, "Hey, they they're doing this one fiftieth on us. We're beatable." Yeah, yeah, they think we're beatable, and let's see how we go. So, Langford with the unusual. I don't. You, you don't usually associate. No, Langford, you don't. No. But um, but uh, we, sh- we should acknowledge. We talked about a whole lot of things, but we actually should acknowledge Carl Langford's game. Oh uh, damn! Yeah, I mean, I think. <laughs> I know, I know, I talk him up, but it's almost undersold how good this game was. And I say, it, I said this in the last week's game about how underdone this guy actually is. He had a back injury two weeks before the season start, could hardly move. I saw him literally get at training, not being able to move, being carted off, unable to move, uh, and even prior to that, being unable to train. First game. Last three quarters, he's almost the difference in the game by just by just dissecting through precision kicking out of the half back line, carves up the Hawks, and he's in my top three votes. And then he's in my best on ground. He they swap him to full forward, and he kicks five two. Yeah. Uh, so I think we can stop now. The whole can we drop and trade Cole Langford because uh, I, I I say it every year if I have my two. Tell me 10 plays who I need to pick for my side. I say it every year. Cole Langford's in that 10 because yeah, he's a coach's dream uh, because he will give you flexibility and play at a level of a new position that no other, I don't think any other player on our list maybe can do. Simplistically, every time he touches the ball, something good happens. Mm. Like he, he very, very rarely makes mistakes. He is genuinely a swingman. He can play both ends of the ground, in the middle, anywhere you want him to play. Now, I don't know that they were expecting just a bag out of him with five, but um, he's a matchup problem. He's got good height, good hands. He's a very good kick of the football. And down back, he's got that ability to switch his mindset to playing defensively and carving up um, the opposition by foot. And I tell you what, he enjoyed those five, I reckon. Um, He was counting them out to the crowd. So... Yeah, look, Kyle Langford's in my top five players picked at Essendon. He really is because if all those years where Kyle Langford was the whipping boy, where he was in for one and out for three, 
in for two and out for five. Like he, he, he well and truly now is one of the top five players at our club, in my opinion, because there's nothing that man can't do. And just as an example, back one week and really played incredibly well, um, and then forward the next week and kicks five. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad to see him in the, uh, uh, doing really well and knock on every piece of wood I can find um, that back holds up and we get him for a good amount of continuity. Yep. Uh, yeah, so just a, a great game. Uh, you know, just even one stat, we um, outscored them 62 to 26 on just on just turnover creation. Um, so we scored off 62 points off turnovers that we forced on the Gold Coast. So all yeah. those little signs are, are just really good signs uh, that the club are doing. So uh, let's hope big game against the Saints Saturday night at the G. Uh, yeah, we'll be for our patrons. We'll have our, our post reaction game show. Absolutely, post game reaction. We're having show. a lot of fun <laughs> at the moment. Uh, yep. So uh, yeah, doing a lot of uh, also. You can tell by the uh, by the tone of our voices in our in our <laughs> Patreon post game reaction shows. They're a lot more fun when you're two and zero just quietly. Um, yeah. And if they if we win against the Saints, you'll be two very 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 happy boys. Um, depending on I mean how we win it, but a win would be great. You'll see two very, very happy boys uh, doing a post-game reaction show. Um, just as an example, for all our new members, patreon.com forward slash the lunchtime uh, catch-up. Uh, it's $4 um, uh, a month. However, that... Okay, so like, currently it's $5 Australian. Sorry, Matt. $5 Australian, cool. So $5 Australian. Um, $5 Australian gets you the um, Thursday night team selection show, the Sunday, uh, whichever, sorry, the post-game reaction show. Um, for us, plus a whole heap of guests that we get through the um through the month and through the year, so um it's it's a good amount of value for the extra uh, content that you get. Um, plus you also get access to our uh, Discord page where we've got a couple of hundred people um in there um talking away, which is great. So yeah, and I'll have um we're gonna have a special um Paul Cousins on talking at, at length about the VFL and how we're going so far. And yeah, great. so that will come up just for patrons as well. So lots of stuff coming up for the Patreon uh, show. So thank you for, we get so many um, appreciative comments from our patrons about getting their money's worth and how many shows are on, uh, you know, coming on during the week. Cause we are doing two or three a week. So it is very regular Essendon content and just talking through and, and updating fans is what we know. So, uh, thanks for that. Uh, look, th- let's go. Sa- let's go Saturday night and Mate, go three nil, and 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 uh, uh, that would be that would be amazing. This is the biggie. This is a biggie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna it's gonna test that. Like I said, I during the the discussion with Cal, I'm a little worried about our starts. Um, the couple of sides that we've played haven't really burnt us with our slow starts. Um, but again, that that gear, that level of confidence that we've got to to step up when it's required. Let's hope that starts from, from ball one um, and we really put St Kilda to the sword. So I think, really you know, looking forward to one it. One thing I haven't mentioned just before we sorry get, say goodbye, but I, I did think of this yesterday. One thing that was uh, fitness was always in question and when you talk about yeah. external review and everything like that, out, you know, even though when we, we won the game really well, Gold Coast, we stood up. I think it's and I think it's I'm really appreciative too when you think about it with the Hawks game and this game how well we're running through the last quarter and, and running over the top of teams uh, in the second halves. So yeah, it's a sign that that the players listened to that critique and and they've worked their butt off to be at a higher standard of fitness. So um, yeah, lots of positives. 
just lots of positives happening in the first two weeks. Absolutely. You, you can only beat the teams um, you can play. Uh, yep, we're well, we're, we know, saying, we, we know reality, we know who we played, but you can only appreciate and, and enjoy the wins while they come. And, and as, the, as the opposition get harder, we'll see how we go. We'll see where Absolutely. we fare. All right, guys and girls, um, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we love doing these pods as per normal. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you guys on Thursday night if you're a Patreon for the Team Selection Show. Will it be Thursday? No. Yes, it will yeah, be Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Thursday for the Team Selection Show, um, and then we will be doing the post-game reaction show Saturday, after the game. Saturday night, our, yes. Saturday night for our full review on Monday again. So thanks, everybody, for joining me, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Go Bombers. Not me, Scott, as well. <laughs> us. <laughs>